Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it's now the 11th day of August 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this at Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. You know, it's funny, when you think about how many really great athletes there have been, and you think about how many people who are athletes who have done truly, truly terrible, awful things. It's funny how two of the most polarizing names in all the sports are people who I, I really think we don't have a gigantic sin that you can assign to them. And they've both been in the news recently for one getting out of baseball and the other trying to get into baseball. Um, I I think about Alex Rodriguez has obviously been a big part of the news to the point where Red Sox fans were actually chanting, we want A-Rod, we want A-Rod. And the, the fact that the Yankees haven't been starting A-Rod this week is, you know, kind of borderline vindictive. I've seen some writers call it vindictive, and, and I can totally understand why. Because, first of all, I mean, they're playing the Red Sox, and so obviously there's going to be a lot of attention drawn to this. You know, Red Sox-Yankees gets, and this is coming from me, a, a diehard Red Sox fan, gets a, an out-of-proportion amount of attention, even when there's like there are some years like in, uh, well, in 2014, neither team made the postseason. And last year, the Red Sox didn't make the postseason. The Yankees were a wild card team. It was hardly, you know, the great moment of this rivalry. And this year, the Yankees have been hovering around 500 pretty much all year. And they had to do, which is, I think, undeniably the smart thing, and that is to jettison some of their veteran players and just try to get younger and start to play some of their younger players. Fine, I get it. And jumping into a... a a Red Sox team, which is a playoff contender, you know, you got to put your best team on the field. I understand that, but how is playing, you know, Hicks in right field? How is playing Teixeira at first base? How is playing Sanchez at DH? How does that make the Yankees a better team, putting a better team quality product on the field? I mean, the only have they're going to be paying. Rodriguez for the next couple of years. They're only going to have to play him for a few more days. And they knew this was going to get a spotlight. They knew this was going to get attention. And the people that they're starting ahead of them are just, they're not even major league hitters. I mean, they're automatic outs. And these are the players who are getting playing time instead of Rodriguez. And, you know, the other day, you know, Teixeira batted, with the game on the line against Barnes instead of A-Rod. And you, when I say you can't do worse than what Teixeira did, you can't. He got a called third strike. I can get a called third strike. I could stand in the box with a bat in my hand and not swing it. And that's what happened. And the, the Yankees, you know, the Yankees lost. And I think there's a element to this, which is, you know, the Yankees clearly have not, 
liked A-Rod over the last bunch of years. And even though they did everything right in that press conference, this is like, come on, guys. Can you be – can you not make A-Rod a sympathetic figure? I know I've quoted this line before, but it was the line that in All the President's Men when – uh, Deep Throat says, you've made Haldeman, you've made people feel sorry for Haldeman. I think that was possible. Well, the Yankees have done everything in their power to make A-Rod a sympathetic figure. That takes a tremendous amount of energy to do when you really stop and think about it. That they've made him someone that you look at going, oh, man, I don't like how they're treating him. Just let him play. I mean, I mean, how is it going to be worse if they, you know, if they keep losing? You know, then at least... Get something for his services. Well, either way, an interesting element to that was something, and when I had my conversation this weekend with Lisa Swan and Jason Keitel, I brought something up in a part of the conversation that was deleted. And it was an element that made me realize that we're going to miss something very, very important to the... Yankee rivalry with the Red Sox and to Yankee fandom once Alex Rodriguez plays his final game in a Yankee uniform uh, this weekend. And so I'm going to play a little part that was original, that was cut out of the podcast initially, and because it didn't quite fit with what we were doing. But I'm including it here because it's an interesting observation about the future of the Yankees, the immediate future of the Yankees, and a void that needs to be filled. Because they 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 didn't exactly treat him right. Now, granted, Arod was his own worst enemy on a lot of things, but he's basically and even now he's kind of been like the designated scapegoat. When and and I I did see it, the weird thing is is that the reporters definitely are more on his side than ever before. I saw something on Twitter where where somebody said you know you can't you can't blame this game on Arod. Uh, that, that you know and there and uh, another reporter used the scapegoat word. So it's definitely um, – there's some sympathy there. Now, now here's one other question. Well, Who's I'm going just, to be I'm, the designated after A-Rod? I know. I was about to say that. In fact, you, you were taking part of the words right out of my mouth there. Uh, it's interesting that and, – and especially after last year where they made the wild card basically on his shoulders – uh, I, you and I have talked about this, and, and I, I think I talked to Jason Kyle about this too. That I think a lot of this points to Jeter's gone, and therefore the the need to constantly trash A Rod is gone as well. Um, yeah. The, the 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 brother who is uh, who is always being compared to has moved on, and like, oh, you know what? He's not so bad. Uh, the destiny scapegoat. You don't have to share anymore. You're not going to have a rod anymore. Um, you're, there's going to be nobody in that bullpen. Anyone? I mean, uh, Pineda. <laughs> I'm trying to look at see. It will be. Are they going to blame Pineda? Elsbury. Elsbury. Oh, your, no, uh, oh there you. You're right. You're right. Because he was a Red Sox who came here for the money and has been hurt and subpar, and this is going to be all Elsbury's fault. You're right. You're right. How did we not see it in front of us? Yes. Uh, well, the reason is because uh, Squawker John, my blogging partner, and I were, uh, were talking about this just before this phone call, and and he brought it up of of uh, who's going to be the scapegoat because we were discussing this, and we were going down the list of who it would be, and 
I mean, McCann is is definitely a disappointment, and 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 Chase Headley is horrible, and and Pineda's awful. But I mean, the the thing is with Ellsbury is just like this: the guy is his game is predicated on speed. He's slowing down, and they they still owe him. I guess it's four more years after this. Yeah, let me so, just it, yeah. Actually, let me look at this for a second. Ellsbury is. Um, and then I love him, my Ellsbury. You know, he helped the Red Sox win two titles. And then he skedaddled just as Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Andrew Benatendi were all developing. So he knew when to walk away and to, and to keep getting them checks. Yeah, he he his earliest free agent date is 2021. That is after the next presidential election. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yeah, there, there's and, 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 your, there's and you remember, in two years, two years in, and he didn't start the wild card game. There's your answer. So that that tells you something. Uh, so yeah, I and and also to me that the Ellsbury is a symbol of that they you know the, the Robinson Cano uh, going to Seattle, which I'm still bitter over, and, and that it's just like you 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 went with Ellsbury instead of Cano, and and you know darn well if it were the other way around that Cano was a Red Sox, the Yankees would have snatched him up. Yeah, so. well let me t- let me tell you something. Don't don't trash Ellsbury too much because two things. First of all, he's a world champion Red Sox, and you can't have anything but love for a world champion Red Sox. <laughs> but the second thing is, he leads the league in one category. He leads all the American League in one category. Can you guess what it is? Um, Not not being thrown out, is it? Caught stealing. Caught stealing. stealing. So it is. Yep. It is yeah. caught stealing. So. You got it. <laughs> there it is. Speed. Speed. His final year with the Red Sox, he led the league in stolen bases and was caught stealing four times. This year, he's not leading the league in stolen bases, but has been caught eight times. There you go. Eight times he's really been caught. He only had 17 up. stolen bases, right? And That's a terrible ratio. Yeah, that's a yeah. terrible ratio. That's nearly <laughs> a third of his attempts. Yeah. Slow down. Slow down. Yeah. If only some blogger had um, had, had said, you know, this is a really bad signing, they shouldn't do it, and, and this guy had only won a lead season, and Robinson Cano had uh, at least seven, depending on how you define a lead. And if, if, if only some blogger had campaigned against this from day one. Oh, wait, I did. I did. Well, I was I, right on this all along. And I told all my Red Sox fan friends who were about to jump off the Tobin Bridge, I said to them, fellas, we got the world champion, Jacoby Ellsbury. They'll get the breaking down, Jacoby Ellsbury. And it was true. I was right. His last game as a Red Sox was clinching the World Series in 2013. <sighs> Did you know they won the World Series in 2013? Yeah, I, I blocked it. It's three years I blocked it. Wait, wait, wait. wait 2004, last... 2007, and 2013. I blocked out the, everything that happened in October. Well, and you know what? This is strange because, you know, you have all this incredible fanfare for the players who were the core four and everything like that. and But yet you have um, Teixeira... A-Rod and Cano, who were all big parts of 2009, 
mm-hmm. you know, Cano just leaves. Teixeira is going to have a retirement, but it's going to be, it'll have all the enthusiasm of Jeff Nelson's retirement. And yeah. a- A-Rod may be released. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say all those players I just mentioned were better than Jorge Posada. Yes. I may be overstepping yes. my bounds by saying that. Well, I, you know, I would say if you, if you go as far as catcher-wise, I mean, the catcher was, you know, for, there haven't been, I would argue that, that Posada is better than Teixeira. So okay. I'll, I'll, but okay, the, fine. But I, you know, you know, I mean, I got to be fair here. So, right. but uh, he's a very good catcher for a long time, and uh, and he was kind of full of himself. But you know, and he was the Ringo of the core four. So, but I, I would put him above the share. But yeah, and I mean, they're doing. It, well, I, I guess one day we're going to have an A red plaque. I, I remain convinced of it. Although. Um, it doesn't look like it would happen now, but but the, the you know I I don't I don't see him as being the uh, the Roger Clements where they've they've totally written him out of history and they still have written him out of history and he does, doesn't get invited apparently to the all uh, timers games or anything. Let's not forget the importance of having a scapegoat, of having a villain. I absolutely believe that Red Sox fans were being sincere when they were chanting, we want A-Rod the other night. That they basically were saying, hey, this is the villain that we've been rooting against. Don't go away. The villains are what we strive for. Villains are what we remember. It's great to boo people. I don't think there was any love lost between Red Sox fans and A-Rod, of course, but I think that this was 100% sincere that they're going to miss him. I have no doubt that they're going to miss him. And Yankee fans are going to miss him. You need to have that scapegoat. You need to have that person to root against. And A-Rod kind of, in some ways, for people rooting against him, had that perfect storm of, you know, going for the cash to go to the Yankees, uh, being kind of, you know, a having the appearance of him being a prima donna. I don't, I don't know if he was a prima donna, but had the appearance of him being a prima donna and being a pretty boy and all this other stuff. And, of course, choking big time in several postseason series. Not in 2009. I mean, winning the world championship should have been enough to wipe that clean. Derek Jeter had a lot of crap series. Andy Pettit had a lot of crap series. David Wells had a lot of crap series. Jorge Posada had a lot of crap series. But for some reason, they only blamed Alex Rodriguez. Now they have to blame someone else. And the worst thing that could happen to the Yankees and Yankee fandom, although in some ways it could be the best because it could kind of flush things out, is boredom and tedium and being a nondescript franchise. I think that it's interesting that Rodriguez and Ortiz, two players who represented the Red Sox in championships and postseason appearances and everything, and both people connected to performance-enhancing drugs. Sorry, Red Sox fans. They, there is no person in the history of baseball who is a bigger PED candidate than David Ortiz. And this is coming from someone who is a rabid David Ortiz fan. But... That's gone. You're removing Ortiz from the Red Sox. You're removing Rodriguez from the Yankees. 
And those two teams are going to have to find a new identity. Well, the Red Sox will still have Pedroia, and they'll still have this young crop of players who are starting to come to the forefront, Xander Bogars, Jackie Bradley Jr., Mookie Betts. So it is going to be a different identity. And the Yankees are going to have to find that identity as well. But they're also going to have to find the player that people can love to hate because that's a big part of Yankeedom, whether Yankee fans want to admit it or not. Well, and Ellsbury is going to get the brunt. He is going to absolutely get a forearm shiver to the face. Well, the other bit of news that was going on was the fact that Tim Tebow made noise that he wants to play baseball. Now, look at I'm not going to, I know very little about Tim Tebow. I really do. I don't really follow football or college football. And he went to, I'm actually even trying to remember, he went to some school in, um, did he go to Florida? I think he went to Florida. I actually now have to look it up. I thought for a second he went to a college in, uh, in, no, he went to Florida. Look at that. I had to look that up. I, for some reason, I thought he went to school in Texas. But yeah, he played for the Florida Gators. Um, he won the Heisman. They won the, the, that weird little glass football championship. And, you know, he was a huge college star, charismatic, um, and all you know, the, the conservative Christians went bananas for him because he was a super Christian and everything like that. I have no problem with Tim Tebow. I really don't. Uh, I don't. I probably don't agree with him politically. I certainly don't agree with him in terms of religion. But, I mean, he just seems like, a, you know, for all this attention everything, he, I guess he seems like a nice enough guy. I don't know. I've never met the guy. I only see the person that appears on television. And I, I didn't know, believe me, there's enough people doing terrible things in the world of football that, you know, Tim Tebow praying and doing the whole Tebowing thing, I, I don't really care. Go ahead. Do, do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. I've seen him on television. I think he's very good on TV. I think he's going to have a very long career as a uh, TV star in college football. It's so funny how his supporters will just be like, he needs another shot in the NFL. No, he's had a few shots in the NFL. Maybe time to uh, to move on. But he's has said that he wants to give baseball a shot. And Gary Sheffield has said that he could, with a little bit of work, he could make him a great hitter. And there's some people who have gone and said, like, oh, what's he thinking doing this and that and the other thing? It's very simple. There have been players who have played both sports, you know, football and baseball, and there's some very famous examples. This obviously Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders come to mind. Uh, and there have been players who have been very good at both sports. I mean, uh, Dave Winfield was drafted in the NFL and in the – ABA and in the NBA and for Major League Baseball. It's possible to be good at more than one sport. But there's no reason for controversy. There's no reason at all. Because here's what has to happen. All around the United States, there are many independent leagues, independent baseball leagues. And a lot of them need attention. Now, Tim Tipo has said that, oh, I don't want to be a media distraction. Dude, you used to run shirtless in the rain, okay? You love media attention. That's part of who you are. You're that classic case of, oh, I gotta be, I gotta be absolutely 
humble and, and not crave media attention while I have cameras all around me. I've seen it, and it's fine. That's who you are. You do it in a way that's kind of pleasant. But here's what you do. You go to some place. You go to the Bridgeport Bluefish. You go to the Long Island Ducks. You go to one of these, these teams that is not affiliated. And you sign with them. Because they'll sign you in a heartbeat. Because then people actually buy their hats and jerseys. Hell, you'll have church groups coming up to see you play. And baseball is a very democratic institution. If you can play, if all of a sudden you start to hit, or you can field your position, or if you can pitch, hell, you saw the rookie. That was some guy who was a, a high school teacher who wound up making it to the major leagues. If you can play and you couldn't make it, then you just have to demonstrate it. Some team will sign him. Some team will give him a shot. And if he makes it to the major leagues, then do you what you say? You say, wow, all glory be to Tebow. There's no controversy here. Give him a shot. If he's good, and do you what? I kind of hope he is. I think it'll be fun to see. And wouldn't it be something if Tim Tebow tried to make it in the NFL over and over and over again and couldn't make it, but winds up becoming a wonderful baseball player? He said, ah. I should have been a baseball player all along. Because let me tell you why that would be a good thing for baseball. Right here and now. He would take all the Tebow heads and all the people who want to see him succeed, have them come to Major League Baseball, they all follow him like a flock. Now, I think there's too much religion in sport as it is, and I think there's too much attention to religion, this and that and the other thing. But if they can bring more people into the ballparks, and more importantly, onto the field to want to play, hell. Maybe I shouldn't say hell when I say something about Tim Tebow, but what the hell? I'm not a, a big religious guy, but do you know what? I'll say a prayer for you, Tim Tebow. I hope you're a great baseball player. What's the worst thing that happened? That we find out he wasn't good? That he wasn't a professional-level player on two different sports? Then fine, then go back and do NCAA football and be the person that we all know you're going to be on TV. It's very, very simple. If he can play, then let him play. And if he's good enough to make it to the major leagues, then more power to you. Here I am, Tim Tebow. I hope you prove them wrong, but it's a very easy thing to prove wrong. It's not subjective. Can he do it? Yes. Welcome aboard. Well, folks, it's another day, another podcast. So go to MLBReports.com to see the up-to-date listings on who owns baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. Thanks, Lisa Swan. And follow her at Subway Squawkers. And you can send me an email at info at Did I mention the music by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski? I can't remember. This has been the Subway Baseball Daily Podcast for the 11th day of August 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.